Hey, welcome to the Coach Bono's podcast from the Studio Soapbox Network. I'm Coach Bo, Brian O'Connor. We're recorded live at the O'Connor Advisory Group Studios. Check out all things O'Connor Advisory Group at OAGKS.com. You can interact with the show on Twitter and Instagram at Coach Bono's Show is our handle. And you can check us out on Facebook. Just search for Coach Bono's Show. You can also email us at Coach Bono's Show at gmail.com. This is episode 32.5. As always, on the Point Five Pod, I'm joined with the legal counsel of the Coach Bono's podcast, the Token Girl. She has great legs, but an even greater mind, and she's one hell of a happy Jayhawk this week. My co-host, Ellen Wingenter. First off, congratulations! Your Jayhawks pulled it off in an amazing game. Rock chalk. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, it was. An incredible Monday that uh, was nuts. It 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 was a lot. It was a little bit unexpected. I had the pleasure of watching um, the the semifinal game with Uncle Rico, oh, cool. and uh, he was very anxious during that game. I'm glad that I wasn't around him for Monday's game because just seeing how he reacted on Saturday mm-hmm. and, and that game. Um, but it was, it was, it, it was wild for me personally. So my parents, RIP, both went to Loyola Chicago and that was, uh, and they were at Loyola Chicago in 63, which was the comparison and the median for the largest comeback in the national championship game. Yeah. And so at that point, it was KU was down at 15 at the half. They eventually went down 16. And so therefore had the greatest comeback ever. But, uh, you know, my mom, Marge, we all loved her, passed away four years ago. And my brother and I were both commenting via text that she would have loved this game. It would have killed her. And yet she would have loved it. And it was really an oddly emotional ending that I did not expect. And uh, that's, what's great about sports. Yeah. I I got to tell you, I was really impressed. And so North Carolina comes out. I was, I, I got out, you know, I Uber drive a little bit. So I was Uber driving before the game. And then, Mm -hmm. Game started slow, dead. So here in Lawrence, so I came back to my office. I had some food. I watched the game. I, at one point, it was a 22-20 KU. Yeah. And it was 26-22 mm-hmm. after Carolina hit two big threes in a row. And I was like, oh, okay. And then there was a commercial. I go to the bathroom. Come back from the bathroom. It's 38-22. I was only in the bathroom for like two or three minutes, it seemed like. Right. I wasn't there that long. And I was like, what the hell just happened? Yeah. And then it got wider and wider, get to 15 points to half. And I was like, oh, wow. So I left and I was like, I'll listen to the rest of the game on the radio. And um, I was like, okay, you know, the, my brain is the coach part of my brain. I'm going, okay, there's a way to come back to 15. Can oh, you absolutely. Okay, you can do this. And they've uh, done it because um, yeah. they did it against K-State already this season. And you saw it against Miami. They had the big comeback in that game. Not this big it was like 10 or 12 wasn't it yeah but k-state they came down from 16 at the half yeah. so i was thinking i was like <laughs> well okay what you want to do is get this thing in like seven or eight at yep. 10 minutes to play get it and then you walk it down yep 
Well, they got it to seven in four minutes. Yeah. At the under 16 timeout, the seven point game. And I went, oh, they're going to win this. They got a really good chance as long as they don't get in foul trouble. And then you get, they don't get in foul trouble. They keep it coming. And all of a sudden, next thing I know, 10 minutes into the second half, they're winning by six. And flipped it completely. And you can you can see it. The Twitter yeah. people have isolated it that around the 11 minute mark of the second half, you can see Bill Self saying, "We're going to win this to himself." Yeah. And it really was just kind of as he said in the the post game press conference, the team flipped the script. Yeah. In a way that he's never seen. And they I, did. And they got lucky to a certain extent. Caleb Love was not the Caleb Love of the Duke game for the yeah. semifinal. Um, Baycott, of course, Baycott, had twisted yeah. his ankle and then had the other kind of twist, however you want to frame that. And yeah, they, it was just, a, it was, they, they started hitting on all cylinders. Yeah, and it was, it was a rough was, and tough game. Which yeah. I'm glad they let them play it that way. They let them play both ways. No, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I was, I will say the one thing I was disappointed in. Mm-hmm. This has nothing to do with the team, the players, or nothing, because I think they everything about that, 100% was admirable. I'm listening to the radio broadcast at halftime, right before they come back from the half. I mean, mm-hmm. seconds before the second half starts, Ryan Haney says. I think that they, he, he makes a comment. I can't, I'm not going to be able to put it exactly out, but it was starting to make the excuse that the referees were calling it one way, not the other. And to his credit, Greg Gurley cut him off like that. and was like, no, no, no. This game has been called very evenly. They're just letting them play. That's and good. I was I, disappointed in Brian because I like Brian. I like Brian a lot. Yeah. And I was really disappointed in he making that comment. I was really happy for Greg Gurley that he just jumped in and just, no, 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 no. We're not making that excuse here. Because, and I will say this about what I call the real Jayhawk, people who understand basketball, everything that mm-hmm. game's played, they don't really make those excuses. No. But there's a lot of people, and I have a, the term I use, I call them the Topeka fans. Mm-hmm. Okay? They're the Topeka Jayhawk fans. They're the, they're, the, they're Jayhawk basketball fans, they're Kansas State Chiefs football fans, they're K-State football fans. Okay? So and it all comes down to the, the refs for every game. Yeah. And they blame the refs for any time they lose. Mm-hmm. It's kind of like Shawshank Redemption, you know, no one's guilty in Shawshank. Oh, what yeah. happened? Oh, judge, uh, you know, lawyer fucked me. You know, it's always someone else fucked them up. And Brian Haney was almost getting to his Topeka roots there for a minute. And I was like, oh, come oh. on, you're better than that. And I was so happy Greg Gurley cut him off. <clears throat> But he called her a good game. The game itself was really good. Um, I mean, the second half, it was just dominant. And at one point, okay, KU got – KU was coming back. It got from seven to four. And then it got to one. And that was finally when Hubert Davis called a timeout. When it went from seven to four, I was like, you got to call a timeout. And he missed a bucket right after he should have called timeout. And just, just to calm his guys down, that's one thing I don't think Hubert Davis did a real good job of. So in the second half, he didn't manage the game well. I would disagree in the sense that compared to Roy, dear Roy Williams, a semi-patron saint of Allen Fieldhouse, 
had Roy been in that position, he wouldn't have even called the timeout at one. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that, that Hubert didn't do well. It just means that you think Roy would have done something even worse. No, was I bad. That, what, that was a bad job. I thought. What I think is that Hubert did a fantastic job in this game. He brought a lot of joy and infection to this. There was it, early, was, yes. He, he was carrying a chip on his shoulder from KU beating UNC in 91. That he was trying to figure it out. Yeah. And for a first year coach, getting to a national championship game in his first season. I am not going to say that he coached a bad game. Because, well, I'm not saying he coached a bad game. I've and in that moment, be, I'm not going to say that he made the I, wrong decision because he was a bad his guys. Yeah, see, I I can agree with you on that. I think he's coached a fantastic season. I think what he's done is admirable being a coach of the year kind of candidate. From where they started this season, him being mm-hmm. his first year, and come all the way out here. Now, what I will say is a couple times he could have done a better job of controlling of helping his team with the pace of the game in the second half. I loved in the first half when they did the interview with him. Yes. He was fired up. Loved it. And I love that. I thought, but to me, that one moment, he didn't call a timeout there. He was trying to rely on getting to the the, the TV timeout. I think it's an under, it's an under 12, under 14. I don't get well, it. so it's under. He was like, an, he was like a minute away 16, from 16, 12, 8. Yeah. You know, yeah. four. Yeah. So he was trying to get to that and he didn't. And to me, it was like, okay, the way you should do that is you should go ahead and take the timeout, see what you can do this next minute's like. And if you're positive in the next minute, you can tell your team, hey, see, here's where we're at. Let's keep it moving now. I disagree. He didn't take, he didn't take control of the second half when he could have. I disagree. Yeah. Um, I, I mean, you, you've not coached basketball. I have. Coach little. I mean, I coach younger kids, but it's it, the, it's the flow of a game. It's the flow of a game, and you. If you I understand that. Game, you understand and that. It, I, this I'm telling is, you, this is different, and I, I don't think it's. I don't think it's a lot different than any other sport. It's controlling the clock, and the, not even the clock. It's con- trying to control the atmosphere around you. And this is this is the walls thing. are coming in on them. I understand, and this is why I always hesitate judging coaches' decisions. Because we are not there. True. We are not in the moment. And we we don't do know not the know the team. That, that and, with that. I agree with and that. So that's why I always hesitate to say, yeah. oh, he should have done this. I, I agree with you for the most part. And most part, I won't go too hard in on someone. I just thought that to me seemed like a, a, a mistake. It did. And I okay. think it's fair to say that he made a mistake there. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and show your cut if I think so. I think a coach in a big game situation made a bad call. I think it's a bad decision. Now, he still had 12 more minutes in the game. And he could have made more decisions that would have helped them. And the but thing I don't think it was is- him. He was not the reason they lost the game. No. And he it just was played the- outstanding. There was nobody was- going to beat him in the last the last. Yeah. Game. No, it was everything. As yeah. Bill Self said in the post game. Do you want to be down 15 with 20 minutes left to go? Or do you want to be down nine with two minutes to go? Because that was the difference between, you know, Monday and 2008. So when, when you are hitting a two to three point, maybe five point swing, 
it's a delicate situation and you're never going to know until you're able to look back and say, Oh, well, maybe. I just, again, I just, that was my thought. I was sitting there going, man, where's he going to do, what's he going to do to get his team a breath? And that was, I mean, my thought would be is had Carolina won, you never would have said that. So there's some hindsight in that certainly, but I said, I was thinking it when it happened, I was like, okay. That seems weird. And then I realized, okay, he's about a minute and a half out from the next TV broadcast stop. And that's yeah. why, and that was his thinking. And I hate to say that. I, I, Absolutely. I it's exactly what he's thinking. But then the very next possession, we went from four to one, and he called the timeout. And I'm like, you should have done that one possession ago. Uh, you, know. you know, you would, I'm not, and it may have been the same outcome. You just don't know. You don't. You, you don't. don't. And, you know, congrats for Vegas calling it like they did. They called it a four point and it ended up three. And, um, you know, at various points between KU running out to a seven point lead, Carolina coming out at half with a 15 point lead. I think a lot of people would have thought that Vegas was just nuts. And the way it really just kind of came together at the end, it was, it was wild. Yeah. It was a great game. I mean, you, I survived. Yeah, yeah. KU survived. I mean, that's, yeah. No, me too. I mean, I'm talking about me specifically. Yeah, you specifically. (laughs) I survived downtown Lawrence. That was, ooh, that was close a couple times. Speaking of close. Why why was it close? Because I, so the plan was for me after Saturday's game to Sunday, drive to Lawrence. Okay. To be in Lawrence on Monday. And my son being a 12 year old who evidently needs to sleep for bazillion hours, didn't get up until like 1230. And I wasn't going to 19 year old same way. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I was going to show up. Yeah. So tell me about what, what I had fun. Day was like for you. Okay. So Monday was great. People were downtown. They were going down yeah. all day. Students. I mean, nobody went to class practically. I mean, they didn't cancel class, but uh, from what I understand, professors just didn't have class Monday. I mean, and day. Was there really any class this week? I mean, come on. I, I assume by Wednesday they were back in class. So, but anyway, um, a lot of people were going downtown. I met, you know, again, I was Uber driving beforehand, even and after afterwards as well. I actually took a group that was staying in an Airbnb on the way west side of town, downtown. Uh-huh. Flew in in the morning. It was four people, three from New York City and one oh, from damn. Tampa, all KU grads, who came in just to watch the game which I think is really cool. Um, I, I liken the idea, and again, I know that I'm a bigger football fan than I am a basketball fan. I wouldn't have done that for a football game. But basketball is different. It's a shorter game. And I think also the atmosphere of Lawrence and the fact that it's smaller and you've got Mass Street, which is where they had, they had Mass was blocked off from 6th all the way to 14th. And everyone was going in. Places were open late. They were having a good time. It was safe. Um, it was safe for everybody except for one person. For who? Almost got killed. We're going to talk about that in a minute. Okay. You're asking the experience in Lawrence. I thought it was a really positive experience all the way. Okay. I thought everybody that I came across was, was happy, having a great time. There wasn't too many people trying to be haters by wearing Carolina gear. I think I was counted two or three the whole night. I saw some K-State people, though. Really? Yeah. 
they're probably from Topeka. They're probably KU basketball fans and K-State football fans. I don't know. They, um, they roll there. I don't know if you saw this and this was weird and I don't understand it. I'm not sure what block of mastery it was on, but there was a yellow grocery cart. Yeah, which, was like passing around or something. And, uh, yes. And there was someone um, in full K-State gear being hoisted up into the grocery cart. I mean, so, maybe they're trying to drop him and hurt him. I don't know. No. It he was trying KU to be here or KS. I think that case, I think KU fans are the nicest people because that just would not have been tolerated in Baton Rouge, Louisiana. I they were booing, but beyond that, I didn't see anything egregious. Yeah. Now, had it been a Mizzou fan, it might have gotten been different. dusty. So, yeah, so. right, anyway, so, so continue right, on. So, right. halftime, I'm driving around. Okay. And I just dropped somebody off. And now it's dead because the second half is starting. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to go to a lot. I'm going to go to this parking lot and say, I'm going to listen to the game. And I'm driving up 14th Street. If you're, if you're familiar with, you're familiar yep. with. So I'm going from Mass Street up the hill on the campus yep. to go to Jayhawk Boulevard. I used to live on 14th and Ohio. So. so I'm about to go up right by the bull, right by the hawk. Yep. As I'm passing the bull, there's nobody outside. Everybody's inside watching the game. This ridiculous looking guy comes out and is just happy and smiling and just runs in the middle of the goddamn road. And I slam on the brace. That's, that's your instinct when someone comes into the damn yeah. street. And this guy is just giggling and having fun and doesn't realize he almost fucking died until I hit the brakes and I looked over and realized who it was. Who was it? It was Jackson Mahomes. Whoa, yo, so hold on. He was wearing a pink sweatshirt. Uh-huh. He looked like he was having fun, but I'll tell you everything I've noticed. And uh, you know I'm a ha- hate this guy already. And this guy comes running out like a goof and right into the middle. I mean, Ellen, I missed him by two feet. So did had you I hear- known who he was and could have controlled myself, I would have hit the gas instead of the brake. And not a jury in Kansas would have convicted me. Sir. Should he hit it? Sir. I mean, you'd have to expand that to Missouri, not just Kansas, by the way. Not, no one in the Midwest would have convicted me. But, sir, so, how, that's wild. Yeah. And he just kind of, hee, 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 and goes back to the bull. And I was like, you stupid son of a bitch. You almost got hit by a car. And I wasn't going that fast. And luckily, I wasn't going fast because if I had been, he'd have been squashed like a bug. Well, and so we Jackson doing Mahomes a hears this, tonight. motherfucker. If you're going to be in Lawrence, don't go walking in the middle of fucking 14th Street, dumb jackass. I, I've told that story to about 20 people so far, and everyone has told me you should hit the gas. But your natural instinct is to hit the brake. I don't want to kill anybody, but for the betterment of the country, sir, the world, Twitter. I could have helped the whole world would have been better off if I hit the gas instead of the brake. I guess in um, in exchange we got Christian Brown and Jalen Wilson slinging chicken at Canes today. So 
I don't know. Oh, yeah, it's on the Twitter space. Oh, I'll have to check that out. I've been busy working all day. It's, it's, and my, my office is like two blocks from Kane's. No, so I'm like a half a block from Kane's. Jalen's got the Kane's hat on, like he's been wearing all of his hats. It's quite great. I think it's probably just, guys, you should just come over. You know where the office is? They, they swung in to get some food and they were like, hey, you want to come behind the counter? And they, you know, had a moment. But That's how it's going to be for a while. Good for them. Yeah, live it up, kids. I mean, yeah, you look at college, you college kids, enjoy it. No, and honestly, like one of the, the greatest things, because they did, KU had that alumni section um, in the Superdome and of former players and Devon Dotson was there and Bill Self gave Devon his championship hat because 2020 would have been like the one year that we would have actually potentially run the table. Yeah. But COVID. Yeah. You know, and seeing it would have been the number one overall seed. It was pretty yeah. It would have been very, very hard to beat. And just seeing the guys who were there and having fun, that was really, really great. Yeah. I'm happy for this team. I'm happy for this team. Like I said, I've had a lot of interaction with about two-thirds of this team. Yeah. They've all been great. I haven't had a single bad thing to say about any of them. We all know Coach Q is a friend of the show. I've known Coach T for a little while as well. I've met yeah. himself on numerous occasions. I, I like all of them. And frankly – I mean, it's I'm just, actually going to order. I'm actually going to order a championship T-shirt, and I get one, courtesy hmm. of the, the KU bookstore. Hey, if, hey, if you're going to buy Final Four or any national championship gear, the one place to get it is the KU bookstore. It's the only yeah, and the KU. Don't get fooled by all these fanatics and the rally houses and all. They're not local. And especially right. if you're an alumni, you get a discount you get with discount your, if your alumni. alumni. If you're a student, you get discounts on my, uh, you get discounts as well. Yeah. KU so. Yeah, KU Bookstore. We're going to put a link to the championship gear um, for the KU Bookstore in show notes. We're getting this. And what's really cool that I found out yesterday when I was shopping on the KU Bookstore website is that you could buy uh, a copy of the University Daily Kansan for the championship for five bucks. So if your friends or family can't get a copy of the Cap Journal or the Journal World or, you know, Casey Star, you can get the UDK for five bucks. I also have it on pretty good authority. If mm-hmm. you go to the KU bookstore and mm-hmm. you buy Coach Quarterbond's book, the positivity book, huh? you might have a surprise inside. <gasps> All the better. So I think I I, I need I'll, to. I'll go pick you up one. Actually, you know what? I'll just call Coach Q. I'll get Coach Q. Give me a couple. I got I got one at home. Well, he it's I a mean, great book. His his book on positivity is awesome. You did do me solid with uh, Frank Mason. So we're working on something big for the podcast. You already know about this. We're working on it. It's going to be a while now, though. I don't know. This is going to take longer than I thought it was going to take. I'm here. I'm, I'm here. You're going to get in. I'm going to let you in. You're going to be able to co-host it with me. We'll see how it goes. Going to load the wagons. Yeah. We'll see. We'll hope. We're hoping so. We're hoping so. So I coach Keel beyond somehow the next month. So. Hey, I, I would love to um, be a part of that as well. Just to. He's awesome. Get his book. Let me see if I can find his book on here. 
Um, all right, it's not, it's not good to just keep delaying and delaying, but yeah, where is it at, where is it at, where is it at? That's okay. <clears throat> Go to the KU bookstore, find it. Yeah, we always say like, go, and do actually order from the KU bookstore. Not Dude. because my wife's the director, but because it is the one place that gives back to KU. It so is. If you're really a KU person, shop at the bookstore. Don't shop at Rally House. It's not local. Rally House and Kansas Sampler, they're not local. They, they kind of fool people with that, but they're not. And again, um, especially if you're alumni. Yeah. You get a discount. You get a discount. You get a discount. And, and their prices are already very competitive with Fanatics and everywhere else. They are. They're there good. are a couple of things you can get at Fanatics you cannot get at the KU bookstore. There's a couple of things that are Adidas exclusive there, but there's about just about everything else you can get at the bookstore. So, all right. Um, let's take a quick little pause. And uh, we have a great sponsor that we talk about every week. We're going to talk about it again this week. And that's Trunk Club. I got my trunk. Get you together in the trunk? All right. So what's the this time? Uh, you know, sometimes they're a hit and sometimes they're a miss. Uh-oh. And this one was a miss. And that's okay because the great thing about Trunk Club is that you can send things back. Yeah. We got Peyton's this weekend as well. Yeah. How was that? Uh, one of the items was a $400 bomber jacket, which looked really cool. But I don't think he's really worthy of this jacket, so Dad might steal it. If it's getting kept, Dad's stealing. Okay. I don't know. I'm going to make the decision tonight or tomorrow when I get back and look at it. you got a few days. I'm going to take a look. I'm going to try it on, see if I like it. If it looks good on me, then I might keep it. But if not, I'm going to send it back. But um, he really liked a lot of the stuff in his trunk this time around. We just kind of refreshed things. We did go on the, the app, and we rejected like six or seven things. And then he got like pair of shoes he really liked he got a um like a jacket not like not like a, a jacket but like a, a suit jacket kind of like a like a blazer that he really liked and he's oh nice it. yeah there's stuff like this stuff you don't go buy yourself very well right especially if you're a dude you know so it's a great way to refresh your uh refresh your wardrobe you know again my kiddos at the age now where sometimes you do have to dress up for certain things so he was like this look. This will work. This will work. Oh, this doesn't work. This doesn't work. And you know what? Frankly, I think your point is well taken for me because I need to kind of uh, expand my price range a little bit and allow for some nicer things to kind of come through. Yeah, that was one thing I had to do as well, and I did that on purpose. I was like, you know what? I'm going to start buying a few nicer things. Yeah, I don't wear a lot of different stuff, but I needed some nicer stuff for when I go out. You know, if I take the wife out on a date and I need to wear something nicer than what I normally wear. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. And then sometimes it's just nice to, you got to go to the office. You want to look a little bit nicer. You got to treat yourself. You treat yourself. So, hey, check out the show notes. Get the link in there. Save $50 in your first trunk from Trunk Club. And uh, we appreciate them sponsoring the podcast. So, um, hey, now coming up, this weekend's the Masters. It is. This shit snuck up on me. It totally snuck up on me. Yeah. Um, are you a big Masters person? I, so I grew up in the times of having three channels and uh, being in a small town in Wisconsin and my dad always loving watching golf. So Gus always had golf on on Sundays. And since then, I've become a golf person. I went to golf camp. 
Nice. Um, in seventh grade at Alvamar, uh, I in law school, I did a thing for golfing to refresh myself because figuring I'd be a lawyer, that's what you're supposed to do is uh, do work on the golf course. I enjoy playing. I don't play well now that I've blown out my ACL. I haven't even tried it. Uh, I enjoy watching it. I enjoy napping to it. Yeah. But Masters Weekend is something. So starting yesterday, I started tuning into coverage on it. And then the big announcement came and, and Tiger said he was going to try to play depending upon his nine holes today. And, uh, you know, play got suspended because weather came through both yesterday and today and temperatures were supposed to be cold Thursday and Friday, relatively speaking for Augusta at this time of year. Um, and beyond his leg, it's his back uh as far as cold temperatures and that kind of stuff goes but yes that's my intrigue that i'm kind of like okay i'm more bought in like many people of our era with tiger whether you like him or not you just you're drawn to see what he can do on the golf course yeah i'm part of the tiger renaissance of golf so i never played golf when i was young I didn't even pick up a golf club until I was in college. I mean, when I was in college, I learned, I started learning how to play because Tiger made me interested in it. Yeah. And, um, you know, I'm old enough now where he's, you know, he's old now. I mean, Tiger's around my age. So. He's older than us. Yeah. He's not much, he's not much older. Though. Well, I guess he's I mean, your, he's older than me. <laughs> he's like, I'm 46. How old is Tiger? Yeah, he'll be 47. Yeah, I mean, I'll be 47 in a few months, so. Yeah, I think so he turns it before you do, but still. Yeah, I hope so. Uh, so we're close in age. And so, I, like, I was, you know, like, when he won the Masters the first time. Mm-hmm. 25 years ago away. this year. Yeah, that was kind of the first time that I ever got into golf. I was like, oh, this is cool. Oh, um, so you didn't, you weren't introduced to, like, Nicholas and no, I I knew of Jack Nicholas and Arnold Palmer. I mean, those guys I knew who they were, uh-huh. um, but I never really got into it. I did when I was in college those couple summers. I really got into it, and so I started mm-hmm. reading more about it. Like I read My Way by Jack Nicholas. I've read, I got Harvey Pennick's Little Red Book, and I so I just immersed myself in it for a few years. Okay, but um, then I got married and I had a kid and. I couldn't play as much as is a time. Mm-hmm. And then I started playing more and we joined a golf. We joined a golf. We joined Albemarle back in the day. Mm-hmm. We were members of Albemarle for three or four years. And then they got bought and closed, became the Jayhawk club. And mm-hmm. I wasn't going to pay that much to be a member there. Yeah. Um, so what I did was I just kind of backed away. And then the last couple of years, I dealt my neck injury. I couldn't swim a golf club. I mean, I had, mm-hmm. I had about 18 months where I, a swing, I couldn't hit a ball. If I made perfect contact with a with a driver, it might go 125 yards. I was just, mm-hmm. it was so hard on my neck. Every swing hurt. I had that bulging disc in my neck. Mm-hmm. It took me a year to get over that. I was lucky I didn't have to have surgery. Um, thanks to Dr. Bob New, I never had to get surgery for my neck. But uh, it took me a long time to get back in. 
Yeah. And now I'm bigger than I was back then. I put on some weight. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to get rid of it a little bit, which is going to kind of nice. But my hands, I'm having a problem getting the slot where my hands go back to where I want it to be. So I'm working on that. But I plan and to that was, this year. And that was one of the really interesting things because I did watch the coverage yesterday as they were talking about things that they kept talking about that given Tiger's lack of mobility on his lower body with the pins, rods, whatever in his legs, he still had his hands. Yeah. And I think that's really interesting to think about because it's, it's what you're talking about. kind of like figuring out where your arms and hands go relative Uh to your body that for him, that really hasn't changed. He has the same feel yeah. with his club that he's always had yeah. and hasn't had to adjust that. So yeah. um, it's just his endurance and his ability to frankly walk the course. Yeah. And he's just such a, he was such a good athlete. Mm-hmm. He's just not anymore. I mean, it's, no. Those come off the bus for all of us. The hair goes gray. A lot of our athletic abilities don't go, I just go away. Old man, you know, Father Time is undefeated. Tom Brady's going to find that out this season. Yeah. And it's just just how it is. And I just think that – and so I'm rooting for Tiger. I always root for Tiger. I, the one that hurt me was I was a big Phil Mickelson fan. Big Phil Mickelson fan. This thing, this, this recent thing hurt me because I was a big fan. Of this. Eh, you know, always I, been a big I, fan. Phil, Phil is, has always chased his money and good for him, but sure. yeah. uh, he's one of the first to admit it too. I mean, I get that. He just made bad bedfellows. Yeah, I agree. Um, so we're talking about the bastards. I actually texted you yesterday. You did. And I said, Hey, I saw something. I need some help because we can't sports gamble here in Kansas. We don't have the apps. It's not legal here yet. So, you know, my, my home girl here hooks, hooks me up. I've been over some money. <laughs> And uh, I got a couple bets down. So I'm picking Justin Thomas to win the match. That's my pick. Which you think is, it's a good pick? It's 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 solid from solid. a variety of standpoints because he wants it. He's yeah. young enough. He's chasing it. And he's Tiger's best friend. Yeah. Who knows the course better than Tiger, even with the modifications that have been made? Yeah. Oh. I, I I did that. And then the other one I picked was, um, oh, now I'm blanking. Who was the other one? You got my bets from me. So I found a a website. It was a it was that basically had a an algorithm that took into a play how players have played at Augusta, how players have played over the last year. Daniel Berger. Daniel Berger was the other one. So what I did there was I said, okay, take the Vegas odds in one column, and then this algorithm gave me gave out a breakout of the other of the real what they call the real odds. And I just looked for value. So Berger was at 50 to one, and this algorithm had him at 14 to one. So you're going to give me 36 to one value, I'll take it. So I've got 50 bucks on Daniel Berger, which is a $2,200 payoff if he wins. So, and being for being the mule, you're going to get a cut. So be uh, be rooting for Daniel (laughs) Berger on Sunday. Watch, watch neither of them are going to make the cut. You know, we'll see. I have no expertise in this area. None. If it, Uncle Rico were on, Uncle Rico would tell us everything we need to know. He, is, well, he watches it with abated breath every week. He, 
he does. Uh, oh, Uncle Rico is traveling. He's traveling, so yeah, to, I try to get him off. Yeah, to go hang with family. But the thing of it that's really interesting is that there's this huge weather system. I'm I'm weird about weather. And yeah. so if I know people who are in certain areas, I track weather in their areas. And my ex-husband and therefore my son's father uh, happens to be still in Mobile. And um, so they've had this huge system that's pushing through, which will then hit Augusta. So yesterday they suspended play. Um, today they suspended play. They were anticipating up to two inches of rain, which is going to make the course very damp and very slow yeah because water soaking in is going to make balls enable to kind of hit and run which is something that can be taken advantage of in augusta and so that's going to be the big thing because this time of year tends it's hit and miss yeah. you can either get this kind of um mediterranean stormy kind of weather which is supposed to be the first couple of days with highs in the um i think upper 60s to mid 70s but the mornings are going to be cold which aren't good for golfers just because they can't warm up and then saturday and sunday are supposed to be a little bit nicer but we'll see uh kind of what things shake out tomorrow morning as they tee off it'll be interesting now we're recording this on wednesday by the time you hear it's friday we'll already know if tiger played if he didn't play he made the it'll be well oh, halfway if he made the cut or not so mm-hmm. uh i'm rooting for tiger i'm rooting for the two guys i have bets on i will be watching i do find the matches be fun to watch especially when it's close at the end it's exciting when these guys are going up those last four or five holes yeah. So I'm I'm excited for that. I like you said it best earlier. It's a great nap time situation. It is Jim Nance's voice, and and he has to talk like this, be a little under, so he can have it in the microphone. Hello, friends. And it'll just hello, friends. And then all of a sudden, you're talking like this. When you're talking yeah. like this, I'm laying on my couch, and I just go. And I'm out. I, I honestly, I tried to do it yesterday when they were doing some of the early stuff. Yeah. Because I was very tired from Monday night, and I couldn't, I, I couldn't do it. Uh, Curtis wasn't getting me there, um, but yeah, I'm, I'm hoping maybe to catch the nap time Thursday and Friday. Well, I'll tell you when I won't be catching a nap, and it's Friday at noon. Um, you because know, my Red Sox got moved from Thursday to Friday. Well, hell, I won't be catching nap time on Friday either. You know why? You're going to open today, aren't you? I'm going to opening day. I considered going to Royals opening day when the Red Sox got moved to Friday, but uh, I don't even might to go with. I just got to work. Kiddos got umpiring. Who cares? I'm not going by myself. I'm not. Why not? I go, I've I, gone I, to baseball I, I, games by myself. I know. I just didn't want to do it. I'm, I gave. My, I, I had cleared out my whole afternoon because I knew I wasn't going to be want to be disturbed while watching the uh, Red Sox. But you know, now we're here. Baseball is here. It's back, we're baby. Back. We're a week late, but we're not a dollar short. Uh, we're here. They're not. They're not. They're never going to short the money. Um, so we're here, and let me ask you this: What oh, are God. you excited about baseball season this year? You're a Cubs fan, and you guys aren't going to be very good this year. 
what's exciting to you about this coming baseball season? This is what we're getting into now. Um, Chris Bryant is in my backyard. Yeah, you like Chris Bryant. Uh, with him getting traded to the Rockies, that's very exciting. The Rockies are going to suck. So I'm hopeful for cheap games during the summer that I can go sit in the outfield and enjoy myself. From a competitive standpoint, honestly, I'm looking to the Royals. I was very, very, very pleased that your wish that you had made about Bobby true. Jr. Has come true. Has come true. And that video with him and yeah. Feeney, um in the office yeah. of him being like, yo, dude, you're getting called up and you're starting and He's going to be the youngest Royal player rookie to ever start yeah. on opening day. And I think that's fantastic. Yeah. I like they brought him in. They put Perez in there with him and Ben and yeah. in there with him and said, Hey, not only are you going to be our starter, you're going to play and you're going to be there. He's going to be out there every game. And yeah. they've committed to him. And I think the other cool part about that is, they want him to be a leader. They want him to bring some youth to that team yeah. and to bring something they've never had. They're not going to be a good, well, I would be rephrases. There's issues with the Royals. The issues are all in one area. And that's, that's the pitching staff. Yeah. I mean, they've got Granky. They brought in Zach Granky, who was in the bullpen half the season for the Astros last year. Uh-huh. Brad Keller, who Peyton and I have a joke, who the fuck is Brad Keller? Because <laughs> well, where that comes from is a game we went to a Red Sox Royals game a couple of years ago, and um, Red Sox were pitching Chris Sale. Yeah, I said, "Who's pitching for the Royals today?" And he says, "Brad." Ke- I mean, Peyton knows this. Too. Brad Keller. And I said, "Who the fuck is Brad Keller?" <laughs> like poor guy is pitching against Chris Sale. Um, and I know a lot of Royals fans are, are going to be excited for Brady Singh. So past Grinky and then hopefully Brady Singer becomes something. Don't have a great rotation, mm-hmm. but I got the lineup here. This is the lineup for the Royals. And could I just put oh, an asterisk? Asterisk. Yeah. Should you choose to, the Royals are out here mm-hmm. May 12th, 13th, and 14th, I believe. I don't really travel to go see the Royals. I'll go see them here, but I usually look at the Royals schedule and go for the opposing team because I've got – like I want to see the Red Sox. I want to see my guy Alex Bregman when the, when the Astros are in town. I'm going to see Trout and Otani. And I am – okay. So I appreciate that. I was just saying should you choose to want to do a live podcast. Okay. All right. Look, we're going we're gonna to be out there this summer. It's, it's going to happen. Just saying that that would be an early season opportunity. And I'll give you an idea when we're coming. Okay. Thank it's you. the Rocky schedule here. It's always better as my phone keeps beeping. It is always better once, you know, school's over for Jen. So No, I totally understand that too because um, Nicholas. There'll be a weekend in June I'll look at because the, the Padres will be in town. I think that Fernando Tatis is fun to grace to great. And I love well, the boom Manny Machado. Uh will Tatis actually be yeah, back? I think he'll be out about a month. Mm-hmm. Yeah we'll see. Um the one thing I do think is cool at Rockies games is the Charlie Blackman deal. 
Yes. When they play the outfield song and then everybody chants and he goes, I don't want to use your look tonight. Anyway, I thought that was really cool. Um, yeah. Um, good. I'll probably jump out there. There's a weekend. The Dodgers will be in town in July. Um, August will be at so many Royals games because the Red Sox are in town. The Angels are in town. The Astros are in town. Um, wish the Red Sox were coming there. They're not. We'll figure it out. I'll come out there. Let's, 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 I, I am just saying. A live Coach Bonos. Oh, this is easy. You guys host the Braves in June. That's Jen's favorite team. There you go. Bet. We'll figure that out. So, um, back to the Royals, though. I was looking at their lineup. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, because I was thinking about the Royals, and I was like, okay, look, they score runs. Last year, they scored runs. Yeah, they just gave up a lot of. They're gonna be in a lot of eight, seven, nine, eight games this year. Mm-hmm. But man, I looked at this. I looked at this. At this. Um, this lineup, and I went one through six. This is a monster. Whit Merrifield leading off, playing right. Bobby Witt Jr. is gonna play third. He'll bat second. And hold on, I would just like to note that Witt restructured his contract today. Yeah. Oh, did I had not seen that yet? He did. Okay. So he restructured his contact contract for a mutual option in 2024, if I remember correctly. Okay, well, they need to get that mutually done and get him some money. Mm-hmm. You got Salvador Perez, who I think is going to go to the Hall of Fame. Salvi. He's going back third to play. He'll be the catcher. A boy, Andrew Benintendi, who I love from my Red Sox days. I love Benny Biceps. That's what we called him in Boston. And mm-hmm. he'll back clean up playing left. And then comes the dude I think is the most underrated dude on the entire roster, and that's Carlos Santana. Oh. When they got Carlos Santana before last season, I was like, that dude's a fucking stud. He was a stud in Cleveland. Cleveland was dumb to let him get away. He is an absolute monster. Got Hunter Dozier, because he's probably going to be the DH. Yeah. He'll play a little bit of third when they want to get Witt to be the DH, or they want to play Witt at short for a game. Uh, Mondesi will play short. About seven, Michael A. Taylor, I think, is phenomenal. Michael A. Taylor is like all the really fast Royals players from the last 10 years, but he could actually hit. Oh, yeah, uh, he was with them last year, he was with the Nationals for years. Okay, um, somebody was asking me, one of my friends who's a Royals fan says, What do you think about Michael A. Taylor? and I said, Imagine Gerard Dyson hmm. actually hit, it could actually get on base. You don't okay. just run with it, and that's He'll play a gold glove caliber center field. That he's that's really good. what I was picturing was yeah. Dyson when you were like he's speed, but can hit. But can actually hit a baseball. Yeah. Okay. Um, on most teams, he might be your leadoff guy. In an old school baseball, 1980s, 1970s baseball, mm-hmm. that's your leadoff guy. Yeah. They don't do that now. Uh then Nikki Lopez. I'm not too thrilled with Nikki Lopez, nah. but it is what it is. But I think one through six, and really one through five. That's a competitive, competitive run scoring team. Good. And when you put Michael A. Taylor near the back of the lineup at eight, mm-hmm. you're going to get times where he's going to get on base. You're going to have Merrifield. You're going to have a pinch hitter in there for Lopez late in the game a lot. Those kind of things. So I think they'll be good. I think they'll be better than last year. I see them as a 500 kind of team. I just, I, I hope for the Metro yeah. to have a fun team again. Yeah. Especially given KU stuff, the Chiefs stuff, yeah. 
hey, let's do a trifecta, get something fun. Of course, soccer is ramping up yeah. and all that kind of stuff too, but. Well, the Royals will be better than last year, I think. As long as their pitching staff comes around. That's a big deal. Gotta have pitching. I mean, I can't say shit about the, the Rockies because I trust nothing about the owners here. And even yeah. with KB, it's. They're well, pissing the money. They're pissing money away and then throwing it away. And then um, I don't know what they're doing. And I wish they would just sell the team if they don't care. <laughs> well, the biggest problem they also have is they're in a division with three really good teams. They are. You've the Dodgers. You've got the Padres. You've got the Giants. They're all good. The Dodgers yeah. are supposed to be good. And when that's your three teams in your division, it's, it's, like, it's like being the Orioles. Yeah, I mean, it sucks, but when your ownership is unwilling to spend money on top of it, yeah. it's a double dagger. Yeah, so um, it'll be it'll be interesting. I, I don't yeah. know. I I mean, they still have Charlie Blackman. The thing I see with the Rockies is at some point they're going to sell Charlie Blackman. He's too old at this point. Yeah, but he'll be someone that someone can pick up at the As trade deadline for the rest of the season. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if he'll do it frankly they put him back in uh in the leadoff position which yeah, leading off this year. he I got the lineup here so. he was kind of fluctuating on i have not looked at leadoff or at the lineup so i'd be interested to hear that because i figure kb is going to be three projection here <laughs> this is from mlb.com they predicted all the lineups the, the team is as of yesterday charlie blackman leading off Brendan Rodgers is second, batting second. Chris Bryant playing left, batting third. C.J. Cron playing first, batting cleanup. Okay. Randall Grychuk playing center, batting fifth. Ryan McMahon. I like Ryan McMahon. He's good. He's a good ball player. He's playing third. I have him batting sixth. Elias Diaz, who I'm trying to remember if he's the catcher I'm thinking of that was he is. I was impressed by when I saw the last couple of seasons. Like yeah. Late in the season, I remember seeing him a couple times. Yeah. Uh, Connor Joe, have no, no fucking clue who that is. Oh, okay. Okay. Then Jose Iglesias will bat ninth and shortstop. Iglesias, good defensive player. You know, he'll get on base, but he's not going to be in the right home about. He's not going to okay. be a turnover story. Yeah, no, that was and a lot. And if they're, they're out there, rotation is not going to be good at all. I mean, Kyle Freeland, Ramon Marquez, Antonio uh, Senzatella. Yeah, it's not a good baseball team. Yeah, and you're, and you're in, and you're in what might be either the toughest division or the second toughest division. Yeah, I don't use the second toughest right now. It it's tough with Marquez being signed to that huge contract the same year as um, Arenado and yeah. losing Arenado and them not just being able to nail down pitching at all i mean freeland is fine but he's been injury plagued and he's our he's our opening day pitcher against the dodgers so i guess we'll get a taste of what we're walking into yeah it's gonna be something um Mm. let's talk about some of the storylines for the season there's gonna be a few of them here a couple things i want to talk about so um first one to me is the yankees I hate the Yankees. I what can can we ignore them? No, because no, I'm gonna talk shit on. And okay, well say. that's fine. I just don't want to. Here's what I'm gonna say. Um 
I have them going to the playoffs, but I'm not sure of it. I don't feel good about it. I have uh, not done any projections, so good. So I got I got all my, I'm gonna yeah. give you all mine before we get up. Okay. Um, I wonder how they're gonna get these guys from the field. So they went and got they, they first of all, they're not healthy. They've got EJ LeMayhew and Glaber and Glaber Torres, who are two players I actually like. I think those are two really good players. Should be playing every day. But I believe the Yankees made a couple mistakes. One, I think Josh Josh Donaldson was a bad signing. And not because he can't hit, because he can't hit. But and he can play third. But the problem is, is that now you've got him playing third. They moved Torres to second. LeMayhew's not starting. And they brought in this Isaiah Kenner Falella, who's a Hawaiian kid who's who they brought over from Texas. And he was mm-hmm. shortstop. And I'm looking at this. They have a new catcher. Scary Sanchez is gone, which means they're actually going to upgrade at the catching position defensively because he's the worst defensive catcher I've ever seen. Okay. Um, but this is still a team that has Aaron Judge, Joey Gallo, and Giancarlo Stanton. You're going to count on all three of those guys. So they have hitters. They have, yeah, but well, here's the problem. They got to all be healthy. You know, Giancarlo Stanton once said that he could hit – he said about the Astros, if he knew what was coming, you know, like the trash can thing, he, <laughs> he said he would hit 80, 80 home runs. Sure. And Alex Bregman said, well, it's okay if you can play 80 games in a season. We'll talk about you trying to do something first. Uh, Stanton's a you know, walking injury camp. You know, Aaron Judge, the size of his body, he's always hurt. Yeah. Jody Gallo's had injury problems. Yeah. Anthony Rizzo is someone I used to like and respect. Now he's a Yankee and an anti-vaxxer, so he can go to hell. Um, still have a place in my heart for him. Sorry. So he can go. Um, the two players I like on this team, I like Gleber Torres, who I think should, I think he's just gotten a bad rap because he's not Derek Jeter at shortstop. He might mm-hmm. actually be better defensively. And, and then DJ LeMahieu might be the best all around player on their team. I mean, and isn't he a tiger? Who? LeMahieu. Did he yes, mark out of LSU? Yes, LeMahieu went to LSU, but okay. But he's also the best all-around player on the entire team. Just wanted to. He can play. Yeah, he can play four positions. He can play every infield position. No, I mean he. And played, they're going to do that with him. They're going to play him at every infield position. And which they is should. a terrible idea. Put him at second base or put him at third and put him there every day. It broke my heart when he when he went to the Yankees a couple years ago. Uh, it broke my, Yankees, heart it broke my heart when my heart anywhere but the Yankees so I want plus I think the Yankees the pitching staff I don't think good you know Garrett Cole for some reason can't you know he can't dirty up hmm. the ball anymore so he can't pitch anymore but he's going to get paid like 30 plus million and still can't put anything on the ball so he's going to get lit up and complain about it all season I saw he is the overwhelming favorite for AL Cy Young I'm like this is the guy who couldn't pitch a good game in the second half last year if he had to that's just that's just East Coast bias and, and Yankee mania. There, they're going to need Garrett Cole. They're going to need Severino to pitch well. I just and they're in the toughest division in baseball in the American League East. And I'm like, they're not that good. I do have them in as the as the last wild card team. Okay, but it's close. It came down to the Yankees and the Reds. So that gives you a little hint. I obviously I picked the Red Sox, but. Uh, I did not pick the Red Sox to win these. Okay. Um, so I think their Yankees are going to be a, something new. We're going to see a shit show there all season long. And we're going to hear until Aaron Judge gets an extension, that's going to get 
talked mm-hmm. about in media for a while too. Yeah, that'll be interesting. Yeah. The other one that I think is another big one that this is on the other coast is Mike Trout in in Shohei time. Can those two guys carry a bad team? No. That's a bad baseball team. I mean, the thing of it is, is that they've shown that they can't carry it. And part of it is that beyond Otani, you know, doing the DH and pitching, yeah. Trout can't stay healthy long enough well, to stay in a lineup. If he's healthy, I mean, he's my MVP pick. But I pick Mike Trout every year because I say that Mike Trout is the best baseball player I've ever seen. He's wonderful, but can he play he's long enough? He's not been healthy the last two seasons. And I, I, he's healthy now if he stays healthy. But even as good as he can be and as good as Otani can be, mm-hmm. there is no way they can carry this dog shit lineup in no playoffs. And it's, it's a shame that the ownership hasn't said – why don't we build around this and get the veterans? They went and yes. got, now they do have Anthony Rendon at third, who I think is a really good player. They gave him too much money to long contract. They brought in Noah Syndergaard, who's not exactly healthy, but going to start the season and see how they go. Okay. But I mean, some of these guys, um, they're going to need, they got a kid named Brandon Marsh, who's there, one of their big, he's the number one pick for them. He's going to be coming out. Uh, mm-hmm. They don't have him starting right now, but he will probably be starting within the first month. He's made the roster. He'll be moving to the right field. That will help. Uh, he's a he's a five tool player. That would be helpful. But I just it's not a good roster all around at all. And I just I feel bad for Mike Trout because yes. I think he's I mean, Mike Trout's Mickey Mantle. He's a generational player. I mean. And deserves to have the team around him to actually do something. He is literally the best baseball player I've ever personally seen. And we don't don't realize that. We don't realize in baseball how good some of these guys are. Like generation, like all time good. I mean, Otani's a great story. And Otani's a great player. But Mike Trout, again, is the best player. Again, I... Him, he's in that the best five, four or five players I've ever seen. It's him, it's it's King Griffey Jr., it's Barry Bonds. He's in that argument. And no, I, yeah. I fully agree with you on that. And that's why well, I think it's so frustrating. Yeah, with that organization's just, I think, really poorly run. And they don't they don't do well with bringing up young players. They kind of just fit in players where they can. I I just I'm looking at this going, man, they better have some guys step up because it's after Rendon, their lineup sucks. Because it's going to be Otani leading off, Trout, then Rendon. And then it's, you know, six herbs from there. Right. But the frustration is, it's, it's not like this is a guy who got hot for a season or two. Yeah. His whole career has been this. And he's been in the league for how many years now? Uh, he's been in for at least 10 years now. He's 30. They could have figured this out. Yeah, he is. He actually, he was a rookie. He gave me his all-star team in 2012. And they've chosen not to. And to me, that's what's frustrating. He's made one postseason. He's played in one postseason series. They lost to the Royals in 2015. Yeah. No, that's, That's for him, I hate that. Uh, Baseball's one of those 
games where it's very heavy statistics. Mm. Where there's always there's benchmarks that when you make these benchmarks, you're whether you're a Hall of Famer from there or it's when you hit these certain benchmarks in the sport, you um, you're special. And we're gonna have one this year, and that's that Miguel Cabrera's gonna hit three thousand hits. Mm. He's uh, thirteen hits away. Uh, Miguel Cabrera had his 500th home run last year, which is another one of those big things. Only six players in history have hit 3,000 hits and 500 home runs. Um, the last one was Alex Rodriguez. I'm sorry, the last one was Albert Pujols. Alex Rodriguez, Rafael Palmeiro, Eddie Murray, Willie Mays, Hank Aaron. Hmm. Miguel Cabrera will be seventh. So, and it's probably his last season. So I hope you enjoy it. The guy won a triple crown. And now he's going to get to 3,000 hits. Um, Miguel Carrera has been just a machine and I saw that I was reading some stuff and saw that and I was like wow because you don't see many people get to that 3,000 hit plateau anymore no. the last guy to get to 3,000 hits other than pool holes was Jeter and it takes a long time and it takes a lot of consistency to get 3,000 hits Yeah, it's, 20, it's 200 hits a season for 15 years it's hard enough to get 200 in a season now and he did it for 15 years so yeah, which is nearly impossible now. Yeah. The other one is Albert Pujols is back. Going to play one more season, this time with his original team, the St. Louis Cardinals. He'll be there starting DH. I mean, good for him. And yeah. I guess here is the advantage of the National League accepting or being forced to accept the DH. Yeah. So we have Albert Pujols will now be um, – inserted into the Cardinals lineup as the DH. I mean, that's where he should retire anyway. Yeah, I think it's a good idea. He gets to go to the Cardinals, he gets to the DH, and <clears throat> Pujols needs 24 total bases. I didn't realize this. I knew that Hank Aaron was the all-time leader in total bases. He has 6,856 total bases, far and away ahead of everybody else. Number two is Stan Musial. He's 700 behind, 6,100. Willie Mays is third at 6,066. Pujols needs 24 to catch Mays. Wow. Yeah, I didn't realize that. She figured 500-plus home runs, all the doubles. Yeah. In a, in a 20-year career. Good for 6, him. 6,042 total bases. He's one of only four players at 6,000 total bases. And he'll pass Mays. He's got an outside shot at passing Musley. He's going to have to hit 20 home runs. In order to pass music. Because I don't see him legging out a whole lot of stuff at his age. So well, if they're home runs, he doesn't have to leg anything. He's legging those out. Those are four total bases. So yeah. So um, those will be two things to kick out kind of like looking at like historic stuff coming up. Take a look at. And then uh, I've got some like players to watch. So, okay. We know that, and I talked last season about there's guys like Ronald Acuna, who's not starting mm-hmm. right now. He's, he's still recovering from an injury. Uh, Juan Soto, who is like the overwhelming favorite to be NL MVP. But I got five people here I want you to watch. Okay. One people might have already heard of. He's in Tampa. His name is Wander Franco. He was the, he was the AL Rookie of the Year last year. All right. Wander Franco is amazing. And I think he's going to be a superstar. Um. One other, I think this guy has a chance to be an MVP, and that's Byron Buxton from the Minnesota Twins. You ever seen what Buxton name? play? What? That name. 
Uh-huh. That's name. Iron Buxton, yeah. Dude can play. And he doesn't get known. He's been in his whole career in Minnesota. Okay. He won't be there long because he'll, he'll be a free agent sooner than later. Um, two kids I really like, Austin Riley from the Braves. Okay. Who I think I would have, I could have argued, could have won an MVP last year. And then Kyle Tucker from the Astros, I think is the superstar waiting to happen. And then a second generation guy, there's a lot of them on this team. Bo Bichette, Donnie Dante Bichette's son, is the starting shortstop of, of the Blue Jays. Okay. And if you get a chance, the Blue Jays are going to be excited. They're loaded. Are they playing Toronto this year? Toronto. Or? Okay. I just wasn't sure. They're out all that stuff. Um, and now also New York does not have the issue with the uh, vaccinations. So judge didn't have to sit out. He okay. didn't have to. The Blue Jays lineup is really great. <laughs> um, they have, we talked about great young players. Mm-hmm. Everybody's heard of Vladimir Guerrero Jr. already. Yep. He won the MVP last year. He was incredible. He's batting third. They had a George Springer last year. George oh. Springer's going to, yeah, he was with them last year. Bo Bichette's going to bat between those guys. He's going to okay. see a lot of fastballs. So I, I suspect that Bo, Bo Bichette's going to have a good season. Uh, then Toronto also added Matt Chapman, who is a phenomenal, maybe one of the best two or three defensive third basemen of all time. I mean, just a phenomenal. But on that Blue Jays lineup, they have three people. They have Guerrero Jr., whose dad's in the Hall of Fame. Uh, Bichette, whose dad's not in the Hall of Fame, but his, his dad was an incredible player. And then they got Caven Biggio, Craig Biggio's son. Oh, shit. We started the second. Yeah. So okay. They're like, the, uh, they're like the second generation all-star team here. Wow. No and shit. I'm actually picking Toronto to win the American League East. Interesting. I'm actually picking Toronto to win the American League and to go to the World Series. Okay. Um, I guess I have to get into that part. So I got into my guys. I'm looking at this season. My, my five guys to look at are Tucker, Riley, Buxton, Franco, and Bichette. So, okay. um, so every year, usually I just do it on my Facebook page and whatnot. I put like my picks for who's going to win the division, who's going to the playoffs. And someone figured out last year that I'm at like a 75% rate over the last this is 10 solid. Over 10 years. I've been doing it. Um, I, I usually will nail it. Now, I might miss the World Series winner, but I picked the World Series winner five of the last 10 years. Okay. Um, I'm going to get it this year because there's one team that's by far better than everybody else, the Dodgers. I really hope this fails. The Sorry. Dodgers are going to just run the table in the NL. They're going to not just – are they going to – they're going to just run to the West. They're going to win the National League. Um, I got Mookie Betts as the MVP. Fair. I got Walker Bueller as the Cy Young winner. Who I got to meet Walker Bueller, and he has the great, he has the coolest uh, Twitter handle too. It's Bueller's Day Off. Good for him. So check out at Bueller's Day Off. Um, and then for NL Rookie League, I did not pick a Dodger for this because Gavin Lux is not eligible, but he wasn't going to win anyway. Uh, I picked Seiya Suzuki from the Cubs. And it came down to him and uh, Stotts from the from the Phillies. But uh, Stotts okay. is not going to be starting out the gate. So 
Yeah, I mean, I'm going to be forced into back-to-back weekends at the ballpark with opening day and the Cubs coming out here (laughs) uh, the following weekend, so. Yeah, the other rookie I was looking at, again, was um, from the Phillies. It was uh, Bryson Stott, who is their third baseman. He'll probably start, but he's not a for sure everyday starter yet. So I did not pick him. Uh, I went ahead of it with Suzuki. Um, NL, I picked the Braves in the East. I'm not worried about them losing Freddie Freeman. Uh, I picked Acuna coming back is going to play up an MVP level. He's going to be an MVP favorite as well. He's one of those top, top young guys. I think he comes into it this year and carries that team. I picked Milwaukee in the Central. Really only because I think the Central is just, I think that the Central's weak. Okay. I don't think the Cardinals are very good. I know they've got Pujols and Arenado and um, uh, Goldschmidt, and I'm a fan of all three of those guys. But I just don't like their rest of their build. And Yadier Molina. I mean, they got four potential Hall of Famers in their team, but they don't have anybody around them. They can't even don't have any pitching. So I did pick the Cardinals. The Cubs are just trading everybody away, and they're still in rebuilding. And uh, I think Milwaukee's the best team there. Okay. Pick the Dodgers in the West. I mean, it's no, to me, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, yeah. Three wild-card teams. I have Philadelphia, the Mets. That hurt me to pick the Mets, but they are going to be better. Does that matter based on injury issues? Uh, no, because I went ahead and I was okay with Tatis being out, and I know that the Mets have got some issues as well. Okay. But, I mean, it's a long season. So, uh, And then I picked the, the Padres as the last wild-card team. Okay. I'll probably be actively rooting against the Padres at some point just because I went to Dodgers more than the Padres. And I don't like Manny Machado at all. So we never forget. Okay. We never forget. We're Red Sox fans. Uh, <laughs> that dude's like the most hated guy in Boston. I know. He's like Yankee level hated in Boston. Um, in the American League, I picked Toronto in the East. I already told you I picked Toronto to win the American League. Yeah. Uh, the White Sox are the team that's going to run away with the division in the American League, though. The White Sox are going to run away at the Central. There won't be a team close to them. They'll win the, they'll win the, they'll win the Central by 10 games. Interesting. The White Sox are the best team in Chicago right now. Um, I'm picking Houston in the West. It's kind of being the tallest little person. Hey, slander. I hear it. Just noted. I'm, I'm, look, I like the Cubs better than the White Sox. I'll run for the Cubs all the time, but they're not a good team. They're just not. Not this season. So I'm uh, picking Houston in the West. They're the, they're the best team out there right now. Um, the, the A's have already given up. The Mariners don't really have a whole lot, and the Angels are a two-man team. We've already talked about that. Yeah, that's tough. God, I feel so bad for Trout. Trout and uh, yeah, Trout and Otani. I mean, it's like if you don't have those two guys, I mean, it, I, I, that's where I'm at. I mean, if, if they if if Cindergard can be good as a number two, and Otani can somehow hit 30 home runs and win 20 games, that's a lot to ask. Yeah, and then we have a chance. But I mean, the Astros are just the better built team, and even without with losing Carlos Correa, they're going to still be good. Yeah. Um, in the AL for the wild cards, I picked Boston. I'm a little worried that the Red Sox don't have Chris Sale immediately. He's on the 60-day DL. 
but I love their lineup. I love them from one to nine. I love them from one to eight. Um, I don't like Jackie Bradley Jr. coming back, but they've got young kids they're going to bring up, and it'll be it'll help. Um, I like the back side of the bullpen. I like the front side of the of the of the uh, rotation. So I like Boston. Okay. The surprise team is who I got slated in second. It's Minnesota. I got Minnesota second. They're still going to finish ten games back with the White Sox, but it'll be good enough to slot into a wild card spot. Okay. And then I got the Yankees in the last wild card, barely edging out the Rays. I wanted to pick the Rays. I went back and forth on picking the Rays, the Yankees. In the end, the Yankees will play well enough with those hitters to stay in games in that Cracker Jack box of a stadium they played. Yeah. Yeah, all those left-handed hitters, like you hit a ball 50 feet in the air and 200 feet away, and it goes into the stands. I can hit home runs in Yankee Stadium right now. Bad neck and all. So, um, my award winners, I always pick Mike Trout as the AL MVP because he's the best player I've ever seen. If he was out there in a wheelchair, I'd still probably pick him. <laughs> you know, it's the old thing of, like, Sparky Anderson once said about Ted Williams. He said, who's the greatest hitter you ever seen? He says, you can have one player have an at-bat against any pitcher. Who would you want? He says, I'll take Ted Williams, even if I got to roll him up there in a wheelchair. Yeah. It's kind of how I feel about Mike Trout. It's like, I'll take him over everybody every time. Yeah. Um, A.L. Cy Young, I like Kevin Gossman from Toronto. I know he's some people don't really know about. He had a great season last year. He had a great shot yeah. at last year. And he's going to get a lot of run production behind him in Toronto. Going to win a lot of games. A.L. Rookie of the Year, I'm the homer picking on this one. I'm not picking Bobby Witt. I'm going to homer pick on this one. I, I, I almost didn't. But uh, I would have picked Adley Rutschman from the Orioles, but he's hurt and not going to play the first month. Those guys are one and two as far as who's the best prospect. I, They're both going to be all-stars for a very long time. I am not as in-depth to the MLB as much yeah. as I love baseball as you do, but that that wit pick is yeah. – I love uh, it. He's going to be the best player the Royals have had. Well – let me say it this way. Brett's the best player in the history of the franchise. I think Salvador Perez is the second best player in the history of the franchise. I think Bobby Witt can be the third. So here's the thing. I don't want the Royals to end up treating Witt like the Angels have treated. No, and I think the big thing if you're the Royals – this is what I'll find interesting. Mm-hmm. The Royals will have a legit shot if they don't get blown out early by mm-hmm. the White Sox. The White Sox are a monster. I mean, if I wasn't picking Toronto to win the West, win the <laughs> AL, I would pick the White Sox next. Mm-hmm. If they can stay pace with the White Sox, be within five games of the White Sox by August the 1st, if you're the Royals, you start buying. Because you've got enough offense. If you put a couple of pieces out there with them and you can run a couple of guys in the front part of that of that rotation, you'll have a legit chance in a short series. Yeah. I just I don't want Witt to be hung out for yeah. well, he's here for six years now. I understand for five, that. For five. For at least five. But the thing of it is, is that Trout has hung on to the Angels for so long. 
Well, then they paid him. <laughs> and, and that's what's going to have to happen with Bobby Witt, is if Bobby Witt's good enough, they'll have to pay. But again, it's the kind of wanting for him to have the bones around him to help him succeed and achieve what he should instead of kind of being cut off at the knees. Yeah. Because when you don't have a chance to get to the playoffs, you can't do much else. Yeah. It'll be interesting because really, you know, the best two or three players the Royals have had over the years, the, the Alex Gordons and the, um, the Lorenzo Canes and those guys. Yeah. They've all kind of come and gone. Um, uh, Eric Hosmer, you know, this guy is better thought of as a prospect than all of them. Than all of them. And so he's the highest rated prospect they've had since George Brett. I know. And it's and, also a different ownership yeah. structure. And I get yeah. that. So I just, that. it yeah. is also you like know, a small he's market got a, he's got money ball thing. So, yeah. He's also got to perform. Yeah. No, I'm asking how he's going to do this first couple of years. He's going to be in a really good shot in a really good situation. <clears throat> you know, you look at their lineup, you know, he's going to be sitting there with uh, Whit Merrifield in front of him, someone's going to get on base, and a future Hall of Famer in Salvador Perez hitting behind him, who hits a lot of home runs. I so want That's going to help Bobby Whit a lot. Absolutely. Yeah. And I really, truly want my friends in Kansas City to have this moment because it sucks being a fan of a quote-unquote small market team knowing that the ownership has more money than God to spend on whatever they want to. Yeah. Well, the new owners, a local guy. We'll see what happens. I, I, it'll be yeah. interesting. We're going to know a lot about the Royals in the next six months. Yeah. And I, mean, and I it's, think that it's, there's some excitement. There, there's something to be excited about where there hasn't been in a while. Yes. Agree. Yeah. So I, I'm looking forward to it. And we're going to wrap it up here. Uh, I want to say thanks again, Ellen, for co-hosting tonight. And uh, hopefully everybody enjoyed our little baseball preview, talking with the Jayhawks before that. And uh a little bit of Masters coverage to get everything started and going here. What we're going to do, I want to say thanks to Tyler Jones, everybody at Studio Soapbox, for all you do behind the scenes. If you're looking for some football content for me this week, turn on the Jones, uh, go ahead and download the Jones Report. I'll be doing uh, Coach Bo's football fix on there with him. We'll be talking about a number of subjects and having a good time with that. I want to say thank you to Tyler and everyone at Studio Soapbox for all you guys do behind the scenes. Thank you so much. Most importantly, thank you to you, the listener. Don't forget to rate us and review us. Uh, go to Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, anywhere you get your podcast. We appreciate every five-star review. Don't forget to also check out our sponsors, KU Bookstore. If you're going to get your Final Four or National Championship gear, get it at the KU Bookstore. The link will be in our show notes. Also, check out Trunk Club. Got the link in there. Save $50 off the first truck at Trunk Club. We appreciate all their support as well. So until Monday, next time, I'm Coach Bo, Ryan O'Connor. Have a great weekend. Remember your time check is your non-refundable. Thank you.